Five o'clock hour, Miller and Moulton, 99.3 ESPN, 99.3 ESPN.com and the 99.3 ESPN app. College baseball in an hour and a half. FGCU and the second-ranked Hurricanes of Miami. Number three in some polls, number two in quite a few others. Gators are number one. FGCU and Miami. The Eagles have never won a game at Hammond Stadium. Of course, they always play either Florida, Florida State, or Miami there, so... But they've never won a game at Hammond. Will tonight be the night? Why should they? Shouldn't they quit scheduling them there then? I mean, shouldn't they get them over at Swanson? I think they played Miami at Swanson one time. Yeah, I know they did. But you know, they try to have you know one big game off campus, a chance to get a little well, more exposure. Why don't exposure. they play it against like Ava Marie or something like that so they win over there? Well, I mean, would you rather you know have seven hundred people see you win, or rather have about you know three thousand, thirty-five hundred see you? Maybe lose 5-2. Probably should wait till the commercial to ask you this, but why haven't we had a, do you know, and if not, I'm asking to let, why have we not yet had an FGCU Twins game? couple of reasons. One uh, was just blatant scheduling, and I'd stop you there. Then that should be fixed, because well, that's an easy fix. Play in front of 10, 5, you know, they don't draw like they do for their main games, but... You'd still play in front of a bunch of people who aren't familiar with yes, you. Yes, totally that's, agree. That's the other side of it. Yes, and when they were D2, I, I think, you know, it was like, well, not until you're D1. And then my, I thought it was happening this past spring training. So I think that's a huge mistake on the university's part and the Twins organization. Whoever's at fault, and if they're both at fault, they need to fix this. Because this is, I'm not, I'm not like, you know, I'm not pun on the table. I don't it believe it's the fixed. Twins. I don't believe it's the Twins. That, that. You know, when dates, the FTC schedule gets set before the Twins, and then, uh, you know, it's kind of like, hey, can we carve it in? You know, are the Twins willing to do it? But I, I think if there's been, if there is fault, okay, I think more of it is on the college than the Twins. Hmm. All right. Because once again, well, we'll, get once, to the, we'll get to the bottom of this in a couple of minutes, because it's my first, it's right out of the shoot. High heat to Tillette. Right off the bat, I'm throwing some chin music out. Because that's right around the t- You know, they schedule those non-conference games, and so, like, if they book Illinois for three, and then the Twins are like, you know, hey, you know, maybe we'll start things off with you, you know, and then it's like, oh, we spring training schedules are out pretty... January. Right. January. Well, FGC baseball schedule, I mean, it, it may not get announced until mid-January, but it's, it's locked in by the fall. Oh, okay. However, I can go back five years of... Spring training schedules yep. and know exactly when they're going to start. Hey, I totally you agree. You take this day off because that game should happen. It'd be great. I mean, look, you know, we talked about it earlier. When one shining moment was on last night, it took 32 seconds to have FGCU right clear in front of everybody. I, no doubt, it's 9,000 people. There's no doubt. You know what the Red Sox do with the two, you know, colleges from the Northeast, usually, uh, you know, BC and then Northeastern. And always Northeastern and BC. And they have a doubleheader, one and six. I, there's no doubt. I think it would be great. And, you know, my understanding is the Twins are willing to do it. All right. Tillette, if you're listening, get ready. <laughs> Dave Tillette coming up at the bottom of the hour. 6.30 or thereabouts, first pitch, FGCU and Miami. All right. Major League Baseball season's underway, but, you know, let's face it. You can have a game or two in the books. And still then, you know, make your picks on the 162 game season. It's not like having a game in the books in a college or pro football season. Well, yeah, because the NFL, we know eight of the teams that win week one are in the playoffs. And four of the teams right. that lose. So it would be cheating already. Yes, because there's to a formula to that. Yes.
but with 162, yeah, we feel you know, two postponed yesterday. So I think we're okay. Goodness knows how many will be postponed before the week is out. Right. All right. Where do you want to start? How about this? Uh, to me, toughest division last year, and you know, one of the toughest again this year to truly pick AL East. I think so as well, because I, I don't know how much difference there is, again, from top to bottom. When you look at the odds, the Blue Jays are the odds-on favorite to win the division. Yet I don't think they're as good as they were at the end of the year last year, if for no other reason, no David Price. Well, and I mean, Blue Jays, the latest one I have, are 17-10. to 10. The Red Sox are 7-4. to 4. That's about the same thing. Well... I'm going to do this by process of elimination. I don't think the Rays have enough offense to win the division. I think the Yankees are too old, although if they stayed injury-free, I think they have enough talent. But I think they're too old, and therefore injuries will crop in. As of now, I don't think the Red Sox have enough starting pitching, although with Mr. Dombrowski, to think that they won't be aggressive in mid to late July is laughable. The Orioles are not good enough. So to me, it comes down to between the Red Sox, because I think they'll acquire more as the season goes on, and the Blue Jays, who I also think will not be afraid to acquire more as the season goes on. Uh, gut feeling. I'm going to go Red Sox because I love the back end of their bullpen. And I think Dombrowski will wait three months, see where the other weaknesses are, solve them, and then he'll be able to edge out the Jays because of Kimbrell and company in the 8th and the ninth. I agree with you. I'm actually, you know, disappointed we have the same pick here. I, I don't like picking. I don't like following you and then picking the same thing. But the other part of this to me is, you mentioned it already, I don't think Toronto is as good today as they were when they ended last season. And Dombrowski has a lot of talent inside the system. The Red Sox are a yes. deep organization. What does every team want? Prospects. Hot prospects. And the Red Sox may have the most in the AL East, which is advantageous when you are trying to acquire major league ball players at the deadline. I think they're going to be right there. I think it's a three-horse race, though. I think the Yankees are better than what you do. I think the Yankees are going to be there all year long. Well, they have already have injury concerns, though. And the season is literally, for them, just started uh, today. But their bullpen's very good still. Uh, well, and it could be dominant if they could ever have all three healthy at the same time. They could play six inning games. And that's why I think the Yankees are a very scary team in that division. Which is good, by the way, because I don't think their starting pitchers can go much more than six. No. No. And and they will have to acquire another arm at some point. But I see, I give back to what I said before. Red Sox more depth in the organization. So I'm with you. I like Boston. And, I, and I, I'll, I'll go Boston, Toronto, New York. But I don't think there'll be a separation of more than five or six games when it's all said and done. And I'll go that same order. And I'll actually go Baltimore fourth and the Rays fifth. I, I you know, Too much pressure on the pitching. I don't even understand getting rid of Loney. I, I don't see where the offense is going to come from. Well, you know, it's two years now without Madden. That, that was as many wins as a manager can give you in Tampa. Yeah, they they still keep finding a way I got you know, you. on the cheap to get guys to give them, but you know they got injuries already in the back end of the bullpen. I I, I just the ra- tip my hat to the Rays. They overachieved last year. I thought they'd be one of the five worst teams in baseball. I, I just think in that division they get swallowed up. Uh, in the Central, you know, does KC 
get to the postseason three years in a row? My answer is yes. I still think they're the best team in that division because they have the fewest question marks. The White Sox now have turmoil in their clubhouse that I don't know how. Are we sure about that? Yeah. We're sure. I think it's only turmoil if they get off to a bad start. Okay. I think, you know, hey, winning cures a lot. Winning cures everything in a, in a clubhouse. I mean, it, it truly does. It makes people that don't get along with one another get along with one another. But the first sign of adversity, I wonder how the White Sox are going to be able to handle it. Detroit has flaws all over the place. They still haven't been able to fix their bullpen. I have them for last. Ooh, I, I, I really do. I mean, you know, people forget. I know everybody's got the Twins penciled in as fifth. The Twins were in wild card contention the second to last day of the season last year, and Maurer didn't give them a good year, and Glenn Perkins was hurt the second half of the year. And to me, the youngsters will be even what, better. Bingo. I, David, you took the words right out of my mouth. What is Detroit in a word? Old. They're an old ball club. I don't think they have enough pitching. Well, they need Verlander to be... Verlander. Even if it's 85% of what Verlander was, because if they've only been getting 40%. So I'm interested to watch tonight. They play the Marlins. He's on the hill. Interested to see the start that he gets off to. But I like the Royals in that division. I, David, I, I tell you what, you can pick two to four, or two to five, rather. I think they're all fighting it out. I just don't like what's going on with the White Sox. I think the Indians have a nice ball club, good pitching. But I think the youth of the Twins, again, if they can get a good first half, I think young teams, a good start's important. You can't bury yourself. Look at your Mets last year, David. They don't get off to that start. You know, They got off to a great start and played 500 ball for a bunch of months. Right. But they got off to a great start. Allowed them to keep their head above water by the trade deadline, and then the GM you know, won them a playoff spot. So if the Twins can do that again, and last year they did, uh, I, I like what the Twins are about, but I'm going to take Kansas City, and I think it's the only playoff team to come out of the Central. I like the Royals as well. Uh, I like the Twins for second. I, I really do. I, I love the Twins' young talent, and I think the only thing that's going to keep them from a playoff spot is that I don't believe they will be aggressive at the deadline, and they'll stay patient again and all that, and it will cost them a playoff spot in the end. I don't think Cleveland has enough offense. I'm much more bullish on the White Sox than most people because I love their front three starters. I think they've upgraded the team a lot from a year ago, and a lot was expected of them a year ago. We sour on teams a lot of times when they have a bad year, and we forget that, hey, they actually have pretty good talent. I'll go Twins second, White Sox a close third, and Cleveland to me is the Rays only with better pitching. I'm sorry. You need to find some offense there. It's just you're not – if they can make the playoffs, it'll be like the – the way the San Francisco Giants have done it in the past, in which the pitching is just so damn good, and it just seems they, they win everything 2-1. Hard to imagine an American League team being able to do that, though. But just sooner or later in the AL, you've got to have offense. I know. It gives them no margin for error, and I, and I agree. You're in the wrong league with such little margin right. for error. Right. They were in the NL West? Maybe. I can't put them in the Central because they're not good enough to win the best division in baseball. Well, people falling all over themselves between the Astros and the Rangers, who, you know, both made the playoffs a year ago and pretty much discounting the rest of the division, which is ironic because much of the rest of the division has been what has been representing the West for, for many a year. But I love the people that are picking the Angels for last. I'm just going to go out on a limb right now and say no. I just think they have too much and now they, the roster has holes, and the organization has virtually nothing left anymore. It's difficult for me to imagine a team with Mike Trout 
and with a couple of the frontline starters that they have, and for that matter, Smith and Street at the back end of the bullpen can finish last. So, so right then and there, if I got to pick somebody for last, I'm going to go Oakland. I'll go the Angels for fourth, Seattle for third, and I think ultimately I'll take Houston over Texas because I think Houston can, <laughs> boy, have things changed, Mark. I think Houston could be more aggressive at the deadline and and fill in a hole or two than than the Rangers can. So I, I like Houston over the Rangers this time. David, to sit there and say that I have enough time in my life to break down teams in the AL West that I don't give a damn about would be laughable. With everything going on in sports, I can't say that I've been breaking down AL West teams because they're mostly boring. But your point about the bullpen with the Angels, the Mike Trout part of it, I want to bet a hunch. Everybody's down on the Angels. Yes, they are. The Angels win the division. Ooh. And three playoff teams come out of the AL West. Houston and Texas are your wild card teams. I'll go two. I'll go Houston and Texas. I'll go just the Royals out of the Central. And I'll go the top two in the East. I'll go Red Sox and Jays. National League. It's going to shock you. I like the Nats. I do, too. Well, but, I mean, I'm a Mets fan, and a lot of people are arguing that they're a better team this year than they were last year, and I could make that argument. You you could, but here's the thing. They overachieved mightily last year. So do they just achieve? Do they overachieve, or do they are they too confident? And I think the Nats have so much to prove after what was a failure a year ago. A colossal failure. Dusty Baker is outstanding his first couple of years with the new teams. I mean, he has turned everybody around and won big quickly everywhere he's gone. I think short-term, Dusty Baker is perfect in 2016 for the Nationals to handle the clubhouse and, you know, Papelbon, uh, Strasburg in a walk year, uh, you know, a lot of the veterans who have underachieved in and around Harper for the last couple of years. I think Dusty's the perfect manager for the Nationals. Also, there's no way Washington goes 5-14 and 14 against the Mets like they did last year. There is no way. I mean, you, you go, you know, 9 and 10, there's four games in the standings right there, and there wasn't, you know, much more than that difference between the two teams. So, um, I like the Nationals. Uh, I think they're highly motivated. Baker's the perfect fit. I like the the Nats in the East. I do like the Mets to finish second. I'll go Marlins third. They better. I, I think the Marlins ceiling those about 84, 85 wins, and that's if everything goes well. My guess is they'll have a key injury or two to a pitcher. They always seem to. I'll go about 79 wins for the Marlins. I do like the Mattingly higher, though. If the owner will stay out of the way, I love the Mattingly-Bonds combination. David, I think the Miami Marlins, while not going to be a playoff team, they're going to be much like the Mets last year. I look for the Miami Marlins to overachieve. I hope that they get off to a good start because that will be important for a younger ball club just to believe in Mattingly, believe what he's selling them and everybody to buy in. But I think the Marlins could be this year's Mets. Don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but I think August 1st, they're still in it, and all bets are off at that point because your schedule could be very advantageous simply that you're in the division playing a bunch of junk at the bottom. Yeah, I mean, there's no, if you look at the National League, there's a clear 
difference between the haves and the have-nots. You've got eight teams that people think have a pulse, and you have seven that people think don't. You know, the Braves, the Phillies, the Reds, the Brewers, you know, the Padres, and the Rockies, they're six. And people just think they're going to be bad. So it's really, when you look at these divisions, you're trying to think, well, which top two or three teams in the division are going to beat up on the bottom two better to make sure they make the playoffs? Because last year, that was the key in the Central. I mean, those three teams humiliated the Reds and the Brewers. I mean, they got so many wins against the bottom of that division that next thing you know, you got three teams in the playoffs coming out of the Central. And the same thing could happen again. In fact, I think it will. I am probably right there with you, but I think the Marlins are going to really, really surprise some teams this year. So I'll go Nationals and Mets and Marlins. I'll go in that order, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Marlins edge out the Mets for second. And I'll go Braves slightly ahead, or Philly slightly ahead of the Braves. I'll flip it, just for sake of argument, because who cares? Uh, I do like the Cubs to win the Central. I think they're far and away the best regular season team. I do think in short playoff series that some teams may have better pitching. But then again, you know, the Cubs will have the resources to go get a big arm front of the rotation or back into the bullpen if they need it come late July. But I'll go Cubs, Pirates, Cardinals, and all three making the playoffs, but in that order, Mark. Cubs, Pirates, Cardinals. Pirates will host the Cardinals in the one-game wild card. I can never, ever, ever discount the Cardinals. I will pick the Cardinals to make the playoffs until they finally miss. I'm just telling you, too much respect for Matheny and that organization. David, I'm having a hell of a time not picking them to win the division. No, I mean, and you're right. The Cubs on paper are clearly the best team. I mean, on paper, it says to me the Cardinals shouldn't make the playoffs. But I'm just picking them because they're the cards, and that's what they do. I'm going to go Cubs, Cards, Pirates, and then who cares about the other two? I think the Cubs are going to be set up for the failure of a lifetime because they're going to win the division, have the best record in baseball, and all the pressure will be on the Cubs come the postseason. In the West, you know, it's kind of a pick between the Dodgers and the Giants. Yes. And a lot, a lot more is expected of the Diamondbacks this year. I don't know if they can live up to the to the pressure. I am going to take 2016, right? Yes. Giants. Final series of the year is in San Francisco. Dodgers at Giants. Vin's last broadcast if the Dodgers don't make the postseason. Uh, I'm going to go Giants uh, because the Dodgers seem committed to their young talent and don't seem as if they're going to be active in acquiring while Sabian and the Giants are always active if they can even smell it. So I'm going to go Giants at the edge of the Dodgers, but only one playoff team out of both the East and the West. I got the Pirates going to the World Series. Oh, that would be awesome. I have the Dodgers going to the playoffs and the Pirates not going to the playoffs. And it's 2016, so that's an odd year. The Giants will upset the Chicago Cubs in the NLCS. The Giants will take on the Boston Red Sox in the World Series. Look at that! Look at that. Red Sox will end up taking out Kansas City in the ALCS. And I will go uh, the Pirates in a very, very lowly watch World Series that the Pirates will beat the Houston Astros. Oh, my God, that's worse than Kansas City. So it's been how many years since the Pirates have won the World Series? 79? So it was 85 since Villanova had won, you know. But 
I like the Pirates' front-line pitching to uh, carry the day in the postseason. So there you have it. There baseball. it is. Breaking down baseball only the way Miller and Moulton can. Trying not to overthink it, unlike some past years, which has gotten us in a little bit of trouble. Over-unders are out, and they are delicious. Miller and Moulton. Dave Tillett, the only baseball coach FGCU has ever had. An hour from now, it'll be the Eagles and the Miami Hurricanes. We'll have it for you here on 99.3 ESPN. Coach Tillett is next. And welcome back, Miller and Moulton, 99.3 ESPN, 99.3 ESPN.com, and the 99.3 ESPN app. An hour from now, first pitch between the Eagles and the Miami Hurricanes, who are ranked either second or third in the country, depending on which baseball poll that you look at. And, well, tough competition is not new for FGCU since they opened the year with three at Florida, which has been number one for just about every day of the college baseball season. Dave Tillett, the only baseball coach FGCU has ever had, is kind enough to join us once again on the Hardy's Hotline. Toe, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, it's our pleasure. All right. I got a, I got a question. You know, we talk football and basketball a lot. And those are, you know, testosterone sports in a way. We're used to pregame speeches and guys getting psyched up. Baseball's a mental game to a large degree. Baseball's got a lot of downtime. How does a coach, a manager, how do you pump up baseball players? Because, I mean, do you do it the same way that a football coach and a basketball coach gives the big speech to, you know, get the guys up? I mean, how do you approach a big baseball game? Well, uh, we do have, well, I do have a little football coach in me. You know, I was there at Charlotte for a couple years, for about 10 years. So, yeah, we still give a little bit of uh, pregame speech, a little fire and brimstone sometimes. I mean, but yesterday's message was about uh, each of these games. Like, we can go back, it just popped up. Yesterday, four years ago today, we went to Florida State, beat Florida State when they were number two in the country. And last year, every one of my young pitchers has had a coming out game. As long as I can remember my career here is, I mean, last year was Jordan Desquin who went over there to Miami and I was just unbelievable. We beat them five to one. And four years ago was Harrison Cooney, who ended up going in the seventh round. And and Chris Sale had a coming out party against the first round uh, pitcher when he was a sophomore. So I, it, it is. I thank Mario Leone, who's an area kid from Gulf Coast High School. Um, that hey, tonight could be that night for him. But every stud pitcher we've ever had here has had a coming out party against someone very, very good. How different is it for a pitcher? I mean, I know you got to play road games, but just the fact that you typically play in your size of a venue, playing at Hammond, is that any tougher for the pitcher, at least in the first inning? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it's actually good. I mean, our park and Hammond are very similar. So, I mean, I, I think you can get away with a little bit more stuff at Hammond or Swanson than you can, uh, say, at the University of Miami. You know, we joked earlier that you haven't won a game at Hammond, but we also said, well, you only play Florida, Florida State, and Miami at Hammond. But it's one thing not to win against top five teams in the country. It's another thing, though, to not play your best. Are you concerned at all about, you know, playing in front of three, 4,000 people tonight and your guys just playing their game? No, I, I mean, our concerns are elsewhere. I mean, you know, with losing Rivera and All-American, uh, 
two weeks ago has really uh, made a damper in our lineup and, and losing Josh Dye with a bone spur in his elbow. Uh, it would sort of be like the Red Sox losing David Price and Big Poppy in the same week. So uh, those are my concerns of trying to figure out how to uh, replace those two. I don't think he can replace them. We're just going to try to put some bandages on and and hopefully some guys in the bottom of the lineup will uh, step up there. When you do that, when you have to make replacements that you know are not what you were, t- what you've taken out of the lineup, do you hunch it? I mean, when, when you got two guys that are close to that, do you hunch it? Is it every other game? Is it a look in a kid's eyes? Particularly for this Miami game, is there is there any way that that you know, or, or how do you how do you gauge who's next? Um, we have tried a lot of different things since Rivera went out two weeks ago, and and, and tonight we got a little hunch. We're going to try it. We're going to try to put some speed. Uh, uh, Jay Hayes at the top of the lineup, hitting in the two hole, which he hasn't done, just to see if we can get him on the bases and uh, and, and let him run a little bit. But uh, one thing I've learned about in this, when you come out of the fall and you enter the spring and you think your depth is good. Depth's only good till it has to play, and there's a reason they're depth, you know. And so, uh, but we're just trying to figure our way and trying to find some guys to get in there and uh, replace those guys. The Eagles got off to a rough stretch at the start of the year, but that was largely schedule-induced, playing three against Florida, a couple against USF, road game at Miami, three against Illinois. Uh, we had Coach to let on before the start of the year, and he said, yeah, those first eight, we could play pretty good baseball and go two and six, and and that's what they did. And then the Eagles got it going, and the bats were going, and as Coach Toe mentioned, uh, Nick Rivera's injury, now a four-game skid, heading into Miami tonight, a little less than an hour. We'll have the game for you here on 99.3 ESPN. You had said when we talked before the Florida series at the beginning of the year, you thought this was the time of the year you were going to get some of your arms back, though, okay, as your pitching gotten healthy. Uh, no, it's actually gotten a little bit worse. I mean, we have uh, we just got Lang back last weekend. Uh, we got Townsend back. But the uh, blow to Josh Dye, I mean, Josh Dye was one of those guys that uh, he was probably our next uh, big-time arm that we have here. And, and, and he'll be back next year, but, uh, I mean, we waited and waited and, and finally, uh, after six MRIs, they said it was a bone spur. And if it was a bone spur in October, then we could have had it taken out. So, I mean, we're a little behind the eight ball with that. Um, but we do have Lang back. If we can get through, I think if we can get through the first four innings and be in it in, in the fifth, we're gonna, we're gonna gamble a little bit and we're gonna throw some weekend arms, uh, and we're gonna throw their bullpens, uh, during the game tonight. That, Try to keep us in this thing. And after tonight, the Eagles play seven in a row at Swanson Stadium, uh, mostly conference games, Stetson and NJIT. So if you haven't seen FGCU and by chance you don't catch them tonight, you'll have your chance over the next couple weeks. Very quickly, you've already played Miami this year and you played Florida three times. Right now, they're ranked one and two in the country. Uh, any real difference between the two, or, or would it shock you if uh, if both these teams made it to Omaha? I think both of them have a good shot at making it to Omaha. Um, they're a little different. Uh, Florida's a little bit better on the mound than Miami. My, I think Miami's better offensively than Florida. So, I mean, uh, but, boy, both of them are really good. I mean, Miami's 
it's a special club, and so is Florida. All right, so I, I asked this of David. I should have just waited till we had you on. I'm curious as to why the Red Sox open their year and they play BC and Northeastern. I get it, two Boston schools. What what has to happen for the Twins to start hosting FGCU in their first spring training game? Because it makes too much sense to someone like me, but I'm not that smart. So why hasn't this happened, and when will it happen? Well, you know, I I do think that's going to happen. I mean, there are talks. Uh, as we're speaking, I mean, they've been talking here for the last month and a half, but, again, that's above my pay grade. You know, we'd love to do it. I think the Twins would love to do it. But it's a matter of getting that date because, I mean, we schedule a year or two out, you know. And so, I mean, we're just scheduling, trying to get our RPI up. So it, it's very tough with scheduling with them and when they want to play and and when they can fit it in. But, uh, no, I think it's going to happen. I think it would be great for the community, and and we look forward to that. And I think they do, too. They're great people over there. I tell you what, the Twins have been great friends to FTCU baseball. The Eagles, after tonight, get into a sun play in a big way, and obviously that is their ticket to the postseason. But the Eagles and the second-ranked Miami Hurricanes Six thirty first pitch, Hammond Stadium, seven dollar tickets. You can get a beer and a brat. And we'll have the game for you here on ninety nine three ESPN. All right, Toe, good luck. All right, Dave. Dave Tillett. Thank you guys, thanks. Trying to get that elusive wind at Hammond Stadium. I'm with you, it's gotta happen. Didn't want to press him. But he's the coach. Well, it says if it's above his pay grade, then he makes the schedule. Well, apparently in this case he doesn't. But Does I he agree. Need me to get involved? Because <laughs> I'll get involved. <laughs> well, I think you already. I think you are right now. I think you're making your voice heard. Yeah. Bothers me. Yeah, nine thousand eyeballs. Well, uh, it wouldn't be nine thousand because they wouldn't come close to selling it out. Because even you, know, you can't give those. Red Sox tickets away, but it would be four, be four, forty-five hundred five. And the fact that it's FGCU, I might get a bunch of kids going. Really, spring training game, Hammond Stadium, where we can drink beer. Yeah. Oh, this would be a fun day. Yeah, about a week and a half before spring break. Right, let's blow off school and go watch the baseball game where there's beer. Huh? Think people like that sort of thing? I probably not. Probably just me. Dave Tillett joining us on the Hardy's Hotline, Hardy's Fort Myers. Big thick burgers, big thick shakes, big thick breakfast sandwiches. When you're hungry, think Hardee's. You having a brat tonight? Oh, absolutely. I'll bring one to the press box. Oh yeah, good for you. Yeah, the the key will be can I can I can I grab a seventh inning stretch beer and not have anybody catch me? Just tough. It depends on where they put me. What? I need to be at the one of the two edges of the press box. I need to be either all the way down or the first one on the left. Then you pretty much if if you're at the two ends, you can do whatever you want. That's not where the radio spots are, are they? Well, hey, it's whatever works. I mean, you know how it is when we go up there. You just start plugging in whichever line works. That's, oh. that's where you broadcast the game from. So we're sure the game's going to be on? Coming up, 6.30 or thereabouts, as soon as I get connected here on 99.3 ESPN. All right, thank you. You can run, but you can't hide. Hey, have that cartoon sound effect guy cue up the... 
and then top it off with a and if there's time, be ready with a wah, 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 wah. It's Mark Miller's Good, Bad, and Ugly. Brought to you by the Naples Fort Myers Greyhound Track. Let's hear what you got today, big boy. Well, why don't we just stick to baseball? We've done a lot of baseball. The good comes to us from Kansas City. All right. Where Royals fans celebrated the first day of the season by completing the longest opening day first catch ever. What? 2,500 fans tossed a baseball between each other to the stadium. Okay. Then a line of 2,500 people. I, I know, I get why, it. Why do you look like that? Give me a break. You're a jerk. I'm not a jerk. Each participant donated $30 to Kansas City's Major League Baseball, okay. Urban Youth Academy, and Moulton over here. Hold on. Terrible. I didn't, you didn't let me finish. You interrupted me and told me how stupid it was before I even told you what they did it for. It's the good for crying out loud. You kind of gave the impression that the good was just 2,500 people in a row tossing a baseball to their left, to the left, to the left. Okay, catch it. Give it to the person next to you. That was the impression, and then you're right. I jumped the gun. My bad. Okay? You are the good. I am the bad. Like hands across America, but baseball. Didn't realize there was a charitable component here. We are the world. (laughs) Well, you know. With Villanova winning, I think we're going back to 1985, right? So that, I mean, that's that's pretty much we are the world. That was unbelievable. And we got through the whole 5 o'clock hour without bringing that game up. Great game. Spectacular. Come on now. Come on. Great game. All right. Tough tough to lose that type of game, but, you know, sometimes you just got to tip that angel's cap of yours there. I know. Come on now, you won. You won one of those. You know, it was before you were born, but yeah, you know, you won count for me. Oh. <laughs> Come on, you were two and zero in these suckers. For the bad, we go to Walmart, and obviously, we could go there every day for the bad. But in this case, it's actual mistake Walmart made, not their shoppers, who, well, they're bad in their own right. But if I were to put a, you know. A map of the... Did you ever have one of those maps of the states as a kid, like a puzzle piece map of the United States? Oh, yeah. Right. You know, Absolutely. So, you know, Wyoming, Colorado... Yeah, you helps you learn about the But they look states. alike. They're about you know, they're similar, they're rectangular. Oh, well, sure. Sometimes you put it together and it doesn't fit. Right. And you go, oh, I made a mistake. Walmart had that same kind of mistake because huh. they were selling T-shirts that had an M and then tariffs on it. Maryland Terrapins. The problem was the map of the state they were using was the state of Massachusetts. Ooh, Massachusetts for Maryland? Right. Huh. I mean, I can understand if you get the Dakotas mixed up or something like that, but wow. That's a... I mean, Maryland's got a hook to it. Well, they both have a hook, but they're on the opposite side. Right. Maryland's hook's inland. Right. And Cape Cod is essentially the hook of Massachusetts. Right. So they were blasted on social media. I will give Walmart credit as they said, we are so embarrassed we may never stick our head out of the shell again. Thanks for guiding the lost Terrapin back to Maryland. Nice. So I give them credit. Having a sense of humor, at least. And the irony is is that most of their customers had no idea. Finally... The ugly. Right here in the Sunshine State. 
where police, police responded to a home Sunday evening and found a man with stab wounds. The reason he was stabbed is that he was taking a number two on another man's lawn. Oh, man. And that's when the man ran out of his home and stabbed the man deucing on his front lawn. I don't know if that needed to happen, but I could understand his wrath. Which part don't you understand? Either the stabbing. Oh, see, I could understand the stabbing. I, I just no. I, mean, I would have stabbed. So I would have gone the with the guy. jumping kick more than the stab. Yeah, but because you don't want frustration out on the. Well, the man. I'm assuming there's an illegal narcotic involved with the first wrong. Okay, that's. I mean, as I'm running out of my house, I'm assuming he's high on something. Safe assumption. Both men ended up stabbed because after he swung the knife at the. Pooper. <laughs> the pooper was able to get the knife out of the man's hand and then do what we always say on this show. Stab him where? In the neck. Wow. Both men are going to live. Everybody's fine. But the original homeowner who ran out with the man dropping a deuce, well, he was arrested for assault with a deadly weapon. That is the good, the bad, the really ugly. In so many different ways. Yes. Brought to you by the Naples, Fort Myers, Greyhound Track. Bonita Vitro, Bonita Springs, corner of Old 41. They play poker seven days a week, 16 hours a day. So happy I wasn't there for the Florida Derby. Mohamed just got housed. You would have lost a lot of money. Really bothered me. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a good race to bet because you had two, two favorites, odds on right. favorites. Nyquist won. Mohamed finished fourth. Like the gray horse, so he'll make it come back in the Derby Day. Okay. And you can bet the Derby. That's if you didn't bet the Florida Derby at the Naples Fort Myers Greyhound track. Miller Mole. Alright. Just I haven't missed the first pitch yet. Just you know, we do we usually do one game a year. It's right around six thirty, six forty start. Haven't missed the first pitch yet. Came real close one time. The late arriving crowd, long line of traffic backed up. On I will say slippers. that now that we have the metro extension and all of those things, it should be a little. It's a very. Yes. It's a lot easier to get from here to there Correct. than it's ever been in the past. Love that metro extension. Oh, you got yeah. You live in that. Oh, I you live in that part of the world. Day. Well, and I like it a lot better that they because it started like a forty-five yeah, they, mile an hour they speed limit up to fifty-five. Right now they let you they let you play go karts around that first curve, which is kind of fun. Well, yeah, they did two things. They bumped it up, and they also, they're not sitting on it as much as they used to. Well, when I mean, it was 45, it was... they sat at the bottom of the hill. For I know. The first Listen, you can't have it be 45 miles an hour and then be, you know, putting the radar on everybody. Come on, it's a new road. We're testing it out. I mean, we got to see if the pavement can handle it. Can the cars handle? Snowbirds really didn't figure it they out. They didn't even know about no. the road. They, they still barely know about it. Well, they're, yeah, they're gone now. No, they're not. Some of them. Some. Some. Saw a car carrier today. Beat my horn. I waved. Did you see the front page of uh, the news brush yesterday? It was, you know, it was like bye-bye snowbirds. It was on the, the front page of the paper. Ooh. Yeah, it was a big story. I, that, I'll tell you what. I haven't purchased a newspaper in a long, long time. That would have almost caused me to buy that paper and frame I'll, it. I'll bring it in for you tomorrow. Bring it in. I want to put it up in here. I uh, I get it every day. They print it every day? <laughs> Yes, they do. Wow. And I have to pay for it. I asked that's for it. A, a, that's a you problem. I asked for it as a perk. You're a freelancer. It being a columnist, and that's what they told me. They said, no, you pay for it like everybody else.